welcome to the Mancunian Candidates here on FabRadioInternational.com. My name is Paul Ripley and we will be joining my partner in crime, uh, Mike Royce, in about 10 minutes' time. He's over in America right now reporting about what's going on with Mr Trump. However, before that, I must play this clip from um, a guy we love on the show, Jonathan Pye. And you've seen it. You've seen it last few weeks. The young girl who's here um, talking about uh, the climate change. You've seen the Extinction, Extinction Rebellion um, demonstrations across, across the world, really, and how we've dealt with it. How we dealt with it. It's not dealt in a serious way whatsoever. It's dealt with by politicians in a way which says, oh, you know, the word crust is... You know, they're talking nonsense. And they're not dealing with what they're talking about, what they're fighting for. And it's fighting for us. Really, it's fighting for us. But, no, <clears throat> we deal with these people in a different way. Jonathan Pye had it sussed in his report. Have a listen. Sadiq Khan has said whilst he agrees that action needs to be taken, this isn't the right way to go about it. Meanwhile, Boris Johnson described the protesters as a bunch of crusties smelling of hemp and said that Margaret Thatcher was one of the first world leaders to take climate change seriously long before Greta Thunberg was even born. But whatever your opinion, for the time being, it looks like Extinction Rebellion is here to stay. Just in case you needed any more evidence that Boris Johnson is an utter prick, he gives his assessment of a global movement to tackle catastrophic climate change. They're all a bunch of crusties. Taking another leaf out of the Donald Trump's Guide to Leadership book. I see. The, the fact that Thatcher was talking about climate change 30 years ago and the planet is still boiling itself to death kind of proves the point that all these crusties are making. If any politician comes out and says, we know there's a problem, but this isn't the way to tackle it, the question is, what would you suggest? A strongly worded email? You actually start doing something and these people might stop supergluing themselves to shit. Yes, saying you're aware of the crisis and then doing nothing about it makes you a pretty vile human being and a fucking useless politician. Last time, Extinction Rebellion got the government to declare a climate emergency. Okay? This time they're asking what it intends to do about it. It's a pretty reasonable question. This sort of thing works. Saying you will no longer patronise the RSC if they keep taking money from big oil companies, it works, yeah? Fuck you, BP. Get out of my theatre, out of my art galleries, and out of my fucking Arctic Circle. Although I have a sneaking suspicion that that had more to do with students trying to get out of having to sit through Henry the fucking fifth. So, here I am to do what the media does best, whether, whether it be the Daily Mail pointing out that it's just a bunch of crusties in need of a job and a shower, or the fucking Guardian, who have taken great pains to point out that Extinction Rebellion is too middle class and, wait for it, too white. So if the Guardian had its way, only people on Job Seekers Allowance should get involved in climate action and everyone else should either shut up or black up. This is how the Guardian thinks the world should work. Wankers. 
even though XR state you can't tackle climate change if you don't have a fair society based on equality. So anyway, like everyone else, including The Guardian, I am here to report on who is protesting rather than what they're protesting about. Not looking at the purpose of the protest, just how disruptive it is. Okay, I'll tell you what else is pretty disruptive. Mass failure of entire ecosystems and failure of entire weather systems. Mass flooding, mass crop failure, mass starvation and mass human migration. Yeah, but the fucking traffic's backed up to Charing Cross. Dicks. What? What? They're, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. Well, I'm a hypocrite. For once, Tim... I am in complete agreement with you. Seriously, seriously, I am a hypocrite. Whilst I am terrified that the world appears to be breathing its last, I also love eating steak with out-of-season vegetables flown in from South Africa wrapped in unrecyclable plastic. And I drive a car. And if Greta is right, which she is, and we only have eight and a half years to almost entirely stop global emissions before we reach a tipping point towards a global climate catastrophe, then me using eco-friendly dishwasher tablets whilst planning next year's holiday to Australia seems pretty nonsensical. So if I sound like a hypocrite, that's because I am one. But Shall I tell you what you sound like when you say that they're all a bunch of hypocrites? You sound like a fucking asshole. Okay? When you take the piss out of people protesting about loss of biodiversity a week after a report comes out saying a third of all mammals in the UK are about to become extinct, who needs fucking otters anyway? When you deny science and sit there with your arms crossed getting angry at an autistic teenager, how dare Greta tell me I ruined her childhood. You sound like a small little man. Shouting I hate you is what teenagers do. At least she hates us because we've knowingly fucked an entire planet up the arse and not because we've told her to turn that fucking racket down. You sound like a contrary, wannabe, edgy prick. Fucking arseholes trying to save the planet. They can't even hold a fucking fire hose properly. Ha 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 ha. You sound like a nasty human being. Yes, I'm a hypocrite. Well done. You've nailed it. Hypocrisy is at the very heart of the climate crisis. You will contribute to the problem. It's undeniable. You are a hypocrite if you try and do something about the climate crisis because your existence contributes to it. But if you do nothing, you are an asshole. Pointing out the hypocrisy of the movement whilst allowing the rainforest to burn is a really shitty way to behave. For once, ignore the hypocrisy of those trying to do something and instead turn your ire towards those that do nothing. Why not point out the hypocrisy of Boris Johnson, who won't be photographed with a disposable coffee cup because it's not a good look, and who declares that the climate change is a real thing and then ridicules those people who are willing to give up their civil liberties to push for change? It's up to you, Tim. You have a choice. Are you going to be one of the contrary little twats like Boris or are you going to be a decent human being and do what you can? Because I've made my choice. Okay, are we done? Are we done? Right, where's the fucking superglue? Because I'm off. I'm off to save the fucking planet. Okay, fuck it. I'm off. How good is that? Jonathan Pye. Humorous actor, 
who's just doing this for a bit of a laugh, he says, um, making an amazing point. And if you agree with him, like I do, you know, we're all hypocrites, aren't we? You know, we are, there's no question about it. Um, you know, the, the line about being in a restaurant eating vegetable, out of season vegetable flown in from South Africa hits me so hard. We all want to do what's right for the world, but, you know, this instant change isn't going to work, but we've got to do something. And it's okay Britain doing something, or us, me and you, listening right now doing something. People say to me, well, what about Russia? What about America? What about China? They're right. There's no, no question about it. They're right without them changing it. But we've got to understand this as well. Behind this denial, this, this and there's a huge denial, they are spending mil- I mean, fact, billions of pounds or dollars on this whole denial thing. And perhaps in the next few weeks we'll talk about that and, and name the people who's behind it and who's spending the money and why they're spending the money about denying what's going on with our climate. But that's for another day. Um, we are still in in the crazy world of Brexit. We'll talk to Mike about that. Uh, but before we do, because uh, it's in America, you've heard it all in the news, the whistleblower. Let's have a listen began today with Donald Trump's ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, refusing to show up for a deposition in the House of Representatives. We did not yet know that Donald Trump intends to block every federal government witness and every other possible witness he can from testifying in the impeachment inquiry. The White House counsel's letter about that came late in the afternoon, basically declaring war on the impeachment process, a war the White House counsel and Donald Trump are destined to lose. We now know what might have been the most agonizing part of Gordon Sondland's testimony today, the five-hour gap. What did Gordon Sondland do in the five hours that it took him to reply to the acting ambassador of Ukraine who texted this? As I said on the phone, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign. Gordon Sondland's reply to that took five hours, and it reads as if that reply was written by a lawyer. And in the meantime, we now know that Gordon Sondland called and spoke to the president of the United States. That's one of the things he did in those five hours. NBC News reported today that Sondland spoke to Donald Trump by phone before responding to that text. And then Gordon Sondland's written response said... Bill, I believe you are incorrect about President Trump's intentions. The president has been crystal clear. No quid quid pro quos of any kind. The tone of that text is unlike any other in the exchanges that we've seen. They're all much more casual. Did Gordon Sondland lawyer up in those five hours? Gordon Sondland might have spent five hours being questioned today about those five hours if he showed up for his deposition Or Gordon Sondland could have taken the Fifth Amendment if he showed up today, and Gordon Sondland's criminal lawyer is probably giving the Fifth Amendment some very serious consideration tonight after receiving a notice of subpoena today, after his client failed to show up for that deposition today. The House representatives sent a subpoena for Gordon Sondland directly to his criminal lawyer, as is customary in these cases, ordering him to appear one week from now, next Wednesday, 9.30 a.m., and to deliver all relevant documents to the House two days before that. Gordon Sondland is now at the center of what some in the White House reportedly thought 
could be criminal conduct by the president and possibly others. That was the reaction that was captured in another document that we now know has taken its place in the evidence file of the impeachment investigation in the House of Representatives. The New York Times reports that before the whistleblower wrote his official report that he submitted to the inspector general, the whistleblower wrote for his own file a two-page memo of notes of a conversation that the whistleblower had about the president's phone call to the president of Ukraine with someone who listened to that conversation. The conversation that the whistleblower had was with someone who listened to the entire phone call that Donald Trump had with the president of Ukraine. ABC News reports the official who listened to the entirety of the phone call was visibly shaken by what had transpired and seemed keen to inform a trusted colleague within the U.S. national security apparatus about the call. The, the whistleblower's memo about the call says that the official described the call as crazy, frightening, and completely lacking in substance related to national security. The New York Times quotes the whistleblower's initial two-page memo saying, quote, the official stated that there was already a conversation underway with White House lawyers about how to handle the discussion because in the official's view, the president had clearly committed a criminal act by urging a foreign power to investigate a U.S. person for the purposes of advancing his own re-election bid in 2020. Thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Subscribe by clicking on the button below for more from The Last Word and the rest of So that was quite interesting. So next up, hopefully by the magic of um, electricity, is Mike over in Vegas. Mike, are you there? I certainly am. I certainly am. Well, I'm, I'm quite worn out with with the last week's event. Uh, it's not panned out quite how it. No, it's not. It's going to pan out a um, bit strange, really. But before I say any more about Donald Trump, um, we have got a, a two-minute clip from Tony Blair this morning. Uh, oh, I haven't heard this. Uh, talking about the no-deal Brexit, if it goes through or not. So... Right, let's get up to speed then. Uh, you're in the States and you're getting, well, the feeling what's going on there, more so than yeah. I do here. Uh, I've yeah. So played a clip saying he's, he's gone to war. Is that right? Well, they, they, they could have gone a lot of different ways last week. If, if they had been sensible at this point, can I say, when we were talking last week and I said that this, the figures, the poll figures were bad, well, they dropped another 10% this week, and it's now approaching 51% that not only go along with the impeachment, but 51% of the American people believe that he should be impeached and removed from office. Yeah. So, now, before, you had about, last time speaking, it was around that figure just for the impeachment, and that's seismic, because at the peak of Watergate, there was a poll taken, and I think it was exactly the same as it is now, and that was at the peak of Watergate. He's actually managed Watergate. Everybody thought it broke, um, and they've rewritten history in their mind. Watergate took about a year and a half, nearly two years, before it got to the point where he resigned. He's managed to do that in a matter of about three weeks. So, good going on him. But I thought well, this has got to be the point where these Republican senators, all of them, turn around and go, oh, yeah, sorry, um, separate lawyers, please. I'm not going down on this ship. Yep. And instead of that, they actually turned around and started to 
literally denied it was happening. Um, literally, la, 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 it's not happening. And over the last 24 hours, the White House has decided that they are not cooperating with the impeachment process. So it's basically hijacked the Justice Department. Now, you now have uh, Attorney General Barr now works for Donald Trump, not the American people. That's always been the case, though, aren't it, really, political appointments? Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Um, you had, back in the day, in Watergate, you had attorney generals that were telling Nixon that he had to resign. What's this so scared of, Mike? Because there's something, I mean... There's I, something missing from yeah. the... This is the thing that everybody's ignoring. That transcript of that telephone conversation with the Ukraine president, yeah. there are two ellipses in of it where he did. There's one where he starts asking for the favour, then it goes ellipse, dot, dot, dot. And anybody who... I'm not going to insult anyone's intelligence, not everybody actually knows what an ellipse is. An ellipse is the three dots, and they basically go, yes, yeah, something else was said here, but let's move on to the next important paragraph. Well, apparently, it, there are two paragraphs missing from, from that transcript. And the second whistleblower that came forward this week, he was there. He was actually on the conversation, on the phone, and he knows what was said. And apparently it's devastating. That's all that everybody knows. Everybody's waiting for this guy, the second whistleblower, to come forward and say what he knows. I'll ask you the question again, though. Why are people so scared of Trump? Why are they scared of him? Well, that's a question, isn't it? Well, it's the age-old thing, isn't it? I mean, he's a bully. He, he really is behaving like a mafia boss. And with the, the, the mafia bosses, they've always had that. They've, all, they've got money. They're scared of being damaged by him. They're also scared of the reprisal of all this. And if they do turn around and go, oh, sorry, uh, we're not backing him anymore, um, let's remove him from office and let's have it right, that the, the, they could remove him as unfit to be president overnight if they wanted. And they're choosing not to do that. So if they're doing that, then they must be scared that if they say, no, I'm sorry, the guy's a lunatic and we're not backing him anymore, that it ruins their career. They're, putting, they're basically putting their, their own ass first. That's all there is to it. They're, they're scared that their career will be over. It's like the, the same thing as in uh, the UK with Brexit. Yeah. Some people are protecting a deeply flawed prime minister who, who uh, can I say, over the last couple of weeks, the, the scandal alone over that bloody woman and all those business trips and all that, that wasn't enough to bring a Prime Minister down under normal circumstances. He's suffering. He's suffering no um, no bad publicity, really, compared to what he's actually done. Boris, he's, <clears throat> he's getting away with murder right now because everything's such a mess. Yeah, also, I don't know if you've seen uh, the latest of the Leave EU poster that came out yesterday. Uh, oh, the right, I have to say this, because I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with the Brit side of it, whereas yeah. I'm getting the other stuff inside out. Yeah. Um, please tell me that's not real. It is real. Uh, the government, apolog well, Gove apologised today uh, on saying that Germany are our friends and allies. And he Has Merkel seen it? Obviously, half of Germany's seen it. It's uproar. Oh, God. 
God's sake. Oh, bro. That's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. It's it racist. Was, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, it's the worst one since that bunch of migrants were photoshopped by Farage yeah. on that poster. I think it's bloody awful. Well, yeah, okay, they were okay, terrible. Compare, I mean, yeah. the word kraut, the word kraut. Two old no wars. different than Kaiko or whatever. There's yeah. quite a lot of other racial yeah. slurs, but yeah. We'll talk about, we'll talk about Brexit later, though. Like, I'm more interested in, in, in what you're sort of picking up, really. Because I, I see it from here. I see all this sort of palaver going on, and you think, oh, he's an, he's a, he's an idiot, he, he's a gangster, he's in charge he's of it. The government However... He's hijacked, he's hijacked the... the he's, He's got control of the Justice Department. He's like a Teflon Don, isn't he, what the quotes have been said before. But yeah, how, uh, how are they going to get rid of him? How are they going to get rid of him? Yeah. Well, that's the big question, isn't it? I mean, now they've got over 50% in the public um, polls for impeachment. They're really empowered. But I've got to say, as usual, the Democrats, they've, they've got all the weapons at the disposal and if you really want my opinion they're fucking it up right. sorry for the for the language but they the only way of putting it i mean they're, they're doing what they always do they've got the upper hand and they don't deliver the killing blow they never do they never fight that is why you've got trump in in power now because they never fight they don't get down and dirty the republicans have always just bulldozed whenever they've got power they've bulldozed put their nominees in the court on everything they can and 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 run roughshod over the processes to one democrats whenever they're getting power they try to reach across the aisle don't they yeah this is why you didn't get merrick garland um confirmed as a as a uh, justice you didn't get him as a supreme court justice and yet as soon as they get in they put a rapist, or sorry, alleged rapist, in, uh, in. You know, this is what this is what you've got. You get whenever they get in, the Republicans act like they've won, and the Democrats act like they've got to make you know do some cross-party agreement. This is why you've got a weakened version of Obamacare without a public option because they wanted to reach across the aisle. I didn't they change the rules on filibustering? Where they get rid of that so that they could get what they wanted because that's what they did to get the Republicans got rid of the filibuster on the Supreme Court justice nomination process. And that's, you've got the, uh, our, our, I kind of saying, it's an, uh, you say alleged um, sexual predator. He is certainly surfaced again since, hasn't it? Would you, would you compare the uh, Republican Party with um, the Tory Party over here by being split as well? I mean, people are not yeah, they forward. Are. They are. But I spoke to Tom uh, earlier early this week. And oh, I, yeah. I said to him, uh, you're not embarrassed for the party itself about, you know, how the party's reacting. And he said oh, to me... Oh, please tell me, yes. He said it's quite frustrating. It's frustrating. That's the biggest... I would want stronger terms than that at this point. Because <laughs> you've got to remember, you've got to, have, you've got to have credibility at the end of this, and Tom's got to have credibility. You've got to be able to go on the radio and say, sorry, I did back the guy. I didn't think it was going to be this big a mess. Uh, I'm sorry that I supported him so much, because at this moment in time, you'd think people would at least go, OK, I'm going to back off supporting him quite as much. I want to see the impeachment process go through because it's started now. And I'm going to reserve judgment until 
with all the evidence. That's what I would expect a reasonable person to do right now. Because they, they, you've got, gonna, it's going to be very difficult for people like Tom and all these other people who support him all the way. as well, in some ways. Like, Tom is moderate, yeah. yeah. He's got more sense than this, is what I'm getting at. He's a nice, nice guy. I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time with him over here. And for people, he's better than some of the crap he yeah, comes for, out with on this show. And, and it's nothing I wouldn't say to his face. Yeah, for people who don't know, Tom Allenson is the third ranking candidate. He's based in Alaska. He works for Fox. Uh, and he runs a, you know, the biggest morning show there on the radio. Uh, and he comes on this show usually every two weeks, but we're taking Oh, yeah, he's, a, he's an Alaskan celeb. I mean, yeah. he, he knows what he's talking about. He, he's friends with Sarah Palin. He's been doing all uh, social media for Donald Trump. He's, uh, you know, he backed him at the point when a lot of Republicans were going, no, no, it's never Trump. There were a lot of never Trumpers. And if you notice, they've been real... <coughs> Nope. And the, you think this is the point where they'd be jumping up and down and sticking the boots in, and they've been really quiet. Now, one of the things that's um, really sort of shaken the party, the Republican Party, is this move by Trump of allowing Turkey to go into Syria. Oh, I was about to start on that. The, uh, news, the uh, news cycle is dominated by that right now. Yeah, and they've already yeah, moved in, by the way. Gone to the background. I know it's early morning there, but uh, Turkey... No, I, I saw lost. it. I was, I was in a casino at 2 o'clock in the morning with, yeah. you know, Chris. Chris has turned up, you know, Wonderful. from, um, from Starburst and him. And, 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 and we were literally at a bar, and he's knackered. He's been flying for 15 hours. Yeah. And, yeah, it came on the phone, the alert, and I went, oh, that didn't take long. Turkey have arrived in Syria. Yeah, uh, with it started off with some airstrikes as well. Uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. offensive. Uh, and and I've seen the first time ever, uh, including mm. Mitch, was like quite against this straight away. Because, Moscow, Mitch. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, because straight away they are letting down their allies, the people who've done the fighting on behalf of America. The Kurds, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah Kurds. well, basically, for those who don't know what's been going on over in Syria, you had ISIS. And we couldn't, all of us, like, uh, there was the UK forces over there, but predominantly, as usual, it's America. America went in there, and they couldn't defeat ISIS on their own unless they flooded the place with, you know, basically every soldier they had in the world, you know, they have to just invade yep. the country. We know how that ends, and it's not good for anybody. So they decided, the Kurds, let's arm the Kurds, and let's train the Kurds up. Yep. Like they did in Iraq, with, uh, where they made a, a police uh, military service. They trained up the civilians so that they could do the job and help the Americans keep the peace. And it worked really well. So they got back to Syria, they got the Kurds armed, got them trained, turned them into soldiers, and turned them into a, a proper army. And then between them, the Americans and the Kurds destroyed ISIS. They, they recaptured all the towns, all the cities that they held, all the areas, and basically they sent them all back scurrying into the... And, the captured, and captured many, many ISIS captured members. Lots, lots yeah. and lots and lots of them. But here's, here's the problem. Now, they, at the end of it, the Kurds were then not... They weren't guaranteed, but they were certainly under the understanding that at the end of this, they would get peace get their own territories and they would be able to just live their life and, and get on with stuff. 
and instead at the moment and ice are on the back foot they've got all these prisoners that they have to keep by the way because there's hundreds of thousands of ISIS fighters that are currently in custody and it takes an awful lot of manpower to look after them so that all escape and then basically start the whole stuff yeah yeah and what have America done well they've basically done what we did with the Cossacks at the end of uh, (coughs) the World War just after World War One when you had the Russian Revolution we were arming the Cossacks to help keep back the Soviets from from so that that revolution didn't sweep across Europe and basically topple all every country and then at the end of fighting when the revolution had died down we left the cossacks twisting in the wind and they all got butchered and it's very similar there we basically turned it, it, america has turned around and said to the kurds right well we're off now and they're, uh, uh, what do you mean off well, where are we going then see you later and they're absolutely buggered straight away turkey uh, steamrolled in and they've done what all all invaders do they uh, if you're familiar with this sort of process, they come in and straight away they go, right, I'm going to declare a massive portion of the territory as a buffer zone. They call it DMZ as well, demilitarizer. Basically, they take away the, the Kurds' and homes. Yeah. So they've nowhere to live and, uh, and turn it into a buffer zone so that they're in control of it. So basically, the Kurds have got nowhere to live now. Yeah, it's, uh, but like I said, right. the reaction Wonderful by some of the Republicans was commendable in the sense of like um, they, they realised that the face oh, yeah. of America around the world is looking yeah. stupid. Twenty-four hours earlier, they were saying the impeachment's crap and Donald Trump's saying he's done nothing wrong and there's nothing wrong with offering a foreign uh, country uh, in exchange for dirt on a political opponent. And then. Four hours later, they're saying that what he's done is absolutely criminal and that he's made a, a mockery of America and that no one's going to trust us again. So it's funny, isn't it? How, but all these people, I've got to say, people like Lindsey Graham and all these people who are slagging off uh, this approach and saying I applaud it, they've all got shares in companies like Halliburton and munitions factories and, and all yeah. the rest of it. They, they're, they're all, they've got all a dog game. in the fight. Yeah, the yeah. Do you, you think, make money out of war? Yeah. Do you think it'll take the the Republicans to turn before they'll actually be be able to get rid of Trump? They've got to all. They, they, it, you won't get rid of Trump without them turning on it. Right. No. The story. You won't. You won't start as you can have this impeachment proceeding in the House, and it will go through, and they've got a majority. And they will get articles of impeachment. But then the trial takes place in the Senate. And at the moment, they have a majority of six senators yep. in the Senate. And the Republicans, you will, you've got to get a two-thirds majority to convict it. So you are going to need at least 15 20, Republican yeah. senators to turn on Trump and vote with the Democrats. And at the moment, there are one or two Democratic senators who were nervous about impeaching and getting rid of Trump because they're worried about the effects of in their area where there were a lot of people that supported Trump in the election. Which I'll go back to the point again, like a civil war point, I suppose, uh, which yep. which it feels like here in the UK. 
It really does. I was special after that. It's a mess. It's today. a mess on both sides of the Atlantic. You you have got you were going through a period of massive upheaval that I've never seen in my lifetime. And I do think that this situation here with Trump is way worse than Nixon. Because at least Nixon was an establishment type of person. He was a bit bent and a bit crooked and he tried to cover up stupid burglary. But yeah. Trump it's never ending. Yeah. Every, Every single day. day there's something else. And and it, this and this strategy that he's doing right now is absolutely batshit in saying this this I'm gonna just come out now and I'm gonna just say all this and I'm gonna do it in front of the cameras now. I'm gonna ask for help with digging dirt from China, from anybody, so that it's that normal that you can't when they get used to me doing crazy stuff like this. In ten years, in ten years' time, or whatever it takes, uh, when the whole thing is just a, a bad, bad paragraph in somebody's book, a history book, mm. do you think they'll change the laws to stop this yeah, they, happening they, again? They, yeah, they will because they're going to look at this, and I'm, I'm telling you now, this is going to be there. Are good, there's going to be a section in the library, like you can go to a political library, and you can go to Waterstones and look in the politics section, and these book the book on the Watergate yeah. era and the saga and the effects and what what was learned from that. This is going to be a section of its own, this. They, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They, they're going to never want this to happen again. What it's basically got, if anybody's read the classicals and they're familiar with Caligula, it's the tale of the, the Roman emperor where suddenly they, they had a Roman emperor who basically went mental. He went crazy while in charge, and he started, you know, making pets, um, giving his positions in government and shit. I mean, I'm not joking; that actually happened. And he was, he was destroying the Roman Empire because he he was he was literally crazy. And at the end of the day, there was a one day he came to the uh, to a, a, an event in the Colosseum, and on the steps. 15 senators stabbed him to death in front of the entire populace who had turned up to watch this show and everybody just cheered and I feel that there'll be a, I don't know what the metaphorical equivalent of that will be but I think that's what's going to happen at the end of this, I just think that people are just going to be so tired at the end of this they're going to be glad to see him go I think even some of these hardcore what Clinton called the deplorables are going to be glad to see him go I'm at the not, end of it. I'm not too sure about that, but I just watched the film The Joker, uh, and it sort of sums up at what you, the feeling you get from America right now. Jesus Christ, I saw that, and I saw it last week. It's yeah. um, it, considering the source material, it it really is quite disturbing, isn't yeah, it? To say the least. Right, I've got a clip for you to listen to. Uh, mm. Tony Blair speaking um, this morning. Yeah, a No Deal Brexit is a threat to the United Kingdom. There's no doubt about that. It's a threat to Northern Ireland remaining in the United Kingdom. It's a threat to Scotland remaining in the United Kingdom. Do I hope either of these things happen? No, of course. And I will argue strongly against it. If you're in favour of independence, it gives you an additional argument. And I don't want to see additional arguments given to those favouring independence. So, yes, it's a, it's, it's a threat to the United Kingdom Brexit and a no-deal Brexit particularly. Look, I'm completely opposed to Brexit and don't want it to happen. But even if I was in favour of Brexit, I think 
it's looking very unlikely that the government can get its deal through, but also they're making it harder for themselves in the manner in which they're treating Europe. I mean, to have briefings this morning insulting the Irish Prime Minister and effectively <laughs> insulting the German Chancellor when these are the critical people that are going to decide whether we have got the prospect of a deal or not. I mean, it's an incredible way to behave. If you want to resolve Brexit through the medium of the people, ask the people direct, ask them a specific question on Brexit. Do you want the government position or do you want to stay? Not tangle it up with the general election, which, let's be clear, if the Conservatives were to win it, they'll be claiming a mandate for a no-deal Brexit, when that won't be clear from the general election, because you've got lots of different issues in a general election. My view is that Labour MPs, a majority of them, and I believe Tory MPs do not want a Brexit general election. They want the two questions decided separately. Because who governs the country is an appropriate general election question. If you've got a problem over Brexit and you need to break the deadlock, ask the people directly on Brexit. I don't agree with the direction of the present Labour leadership, and I find the, um, the last year around the issue of anti-Semitism distressing in the extreme. And there we have this morning Tony Blair talking to them. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone can knock him over the Iraq war and that's all you ever hear, any, all these critics. They, they never have anything substantive to criticise the guy with. They don't attack his oratory skills. They don't attack um, his, his political acumen because they know they can't. And all they do is, Iraq war, Iraq war, Iraq war. Yeah, we get it. He made a mistake, a, a pretty bad one. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't take away from the fact that he's the same man in the room. You know? Yeah, there I take go. it. Uh, but the, the, to me, this, there's something going on here with uh, Boris. He's suddenly, like I say, they put the stuff forward. Yesterday, all the attacks came out. The hence that uh, Leaf EU yep. post came out. And he's still saying we're leaving on the 31st. He's got something up his sleeve, which we talked about last week. Um, I told you I've got I've got my ideas. Got there plan. are at least three options I think he's got, and and you've got Dominic Cummings thinks he's a genius, and yeah. he's he's sat there plotting away, and all the guy wants to do is cause havoc. He's an angry, disturbed individual, and he's at the heart of government. It's Steve Bannon is exactly the same. He's out. British Steve Bannon, his New World Order guy, a guy who's angry at the world, wants to wreck everything, doesn't want to change anything for the better, he just hates the establishment that much that he's happy to bring it all crashing down so that something else replaces it. Oh, you know what? That's something else maybe ten times worse for all we know. And that's the danger of this sort of thinking. I get being angry at the establishment, I get the fact that we've achieved so little compared to what we could have over a hundred years, but we've also achieved quite a lot as well. And it's easy to gloss over it when you concentrate on all the bad stuff. Um, he just hates bureaucracy, so did Steve Bannon, and that's where they they basically Bannon backed Trump. He saw Trump as a person who could get in there. A Molotov cocktail in the room is how Michael Moore, the filmmaker, described uh, the possible election of Donald Trump. He said that, it, and it'll feel good because you, 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 these people who are cut out of the political process who've not got anything, they're, they're in a trailer park with nothing, and they used to have a house 10 years ago, you know, it'll make them feel better. But at the end, 
you're still empowering a rich multi-billionaire that, that, who, who doesn't care, who doesn't care. And the same with Boris Johnson. Anybody who's working class who thinks they can vote for him because he'll show them foreigners what for, he'll get us out of Europe, they're voting for a guy who despises them. You know? And that's the, the whole point here. You've got two sets of working class people in the UK and in the United States who are happy to support somebody that despises them. Uh, crazy. It, it's it's more than crazy. Um, and you know, at times I get I get worried. Too. I mean, I'm getting on now, but I'm thinking, you know, th- th- this could lead to a different type of government. A oh, I don't know. It Paul could lead to a war. Old. I know, but it feels feels older. Um, but it, it feels like this could be lead up to a war in some way. It could lead up to anything because we are in dangerous times. I think. Well, you go, I mean, look, look at this, this. You can't underestimate what Trump's just done with regards to Turkey. No. Everybody ignores Turkey. They're the second largest army on the face of the earth. There's the second largest army on the face of the well, earth. Well, and, no, and he, no, no, And he's can't just be giving like... them a... Re- they are. They're the second largest well, army in China. Oh, in, in... oh, yeah. Well, you're talking about... Uh, yeah, but there's still... In NATO, though, okay. they're the second largest okay. army. Now, all right, the face of the earth, yeah, maybe, but yeah. they're still one of the biggest armies on the planet. But they still are. The Salvation Army. <laughs> yeah, that's bigger. Well, if we're in charge, we'd be all <laughs> we, but, would. But, we would. But you don't know what's going to happen now in Syria. No. You no. just don't. I no. mean, what what's going to happen? Are ISIS now going to reform? Absolutely. Are they going to, you wait. know? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's going to yeah. happen again. It's going to re-emerge again, and the Middle East is going to go crazy. Uh, the backing for Israel becomes stronger. Uh, there you could, go. Could be a war there because of that reason. It's just mm. like I say, we live in Iran. Iran that has been uh, marginalised because they yeah. they signed up to an agreement, and all the time everyone was, oh, we don't want Iran to get a nuclear weapon. Oh, we don't want Iran to get nuclear missiles. Not time. It looks like they've been building a fucking drone facility. <laughs> and China, China, and China just released a plane which Americans can't mm. spot in the sky. Apparently. Oh, well, you so, see, you know, it's the, yeah, it's my time. We've, go. got, we've got a few minutes left of the show. Um, firstly, Mike, thank you for keeping up the commentary and, and uh, doing the research. Um, what do you see coming in the next week? Uh, next can week, you, I you, mean. Well, you got the Queen's speech with Boris, and there won't be any surprises there. He's promising loads of stuff Both that they the don't world. really want to do. Yeah. yeah, they're promising the world just so that they can get through. It's smoke and mirrors. They promised this, what is £10 living wage and all the rest of the stuff. It's all this amazing stuff like suddenly the Tories have got a heart. They've found <laughs> compassion. And people will and- believe it. And people will believe, like, and and they'll they'll they. He wants to just get a general election underway. He'll promise a, a big uh, minimum wage, like, and and also a massive tax cut for all the rich bastards out. There. And he's hoping that that the working class oiks, uh, as he refers to them, and he does refer to them as that, will vote for him. And he also thinks business will be outside. Well. You see, the problem he's got is usually business are on the side of the Conservative Party, but business predominantly, the business sector of the UK does not want Brexit. If you did a straw poll, they literally you've got that lunatic Weatherspoon's imbecile 
and everybody else doesn't want it. No, no, no. Um, mm. it's, it's a mad world. All right, mm. uh, I get a crystal ball again. Next few days with Trump. But before next week, give me a prediction. Nothing's going to happen this week. All that's going to happen is they're going to dig down and, and they're going to carry on. The Republicans are going to carry on going la, 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 la and covering their ears. The Democrats have got decisions to make now. Are they going to grow a set of bollocks and are they going to go after Trump properly, go after him? I mean, you know what? These people that, are, that have said, that they, the White House has said we're not allowing them to testify. They can get a sergeant at arms to arrest them and drag them to the meeting or the hearing if they want to. They've got ultimate power. Now, what are they going to do? That's, that's the question. Are they grow us and start actually threatening to put some of these people in prison for 10 days in contempt, which is what I would do? Yeah. Or are they going to let them get away with it? <clears throat> and that's the big question. And if you want, my, uh, you want my money on it, I think that during the next week, instead of actually being aggressive and frightening some of these people so that the truth will start to come out, people will come and testify. And the minute you get, like, uh, some of these people like the people involved in that email chat, the text message change, remember that? Yeah. That was a damning conversation. The one where the guy went, I think it's crazy to link the two, you know, yeah. giving support and, yeah. and that. That was a damning thing. It went, all those people, all the people involved in all that, are put on oath, having to swear on the Bible, so they're perjuring themselves if they tell lies and can go to jail for six years. That's when... The, going to come out and until the democrats decide they're going to do that now it, it, it won't progress from here and i'm going to tell you if they're not careful this impeachment thing they've got the public support now they've got the zeitgeist now it's move to push it now because what will happen is it will slowly dissipate over time people will get bored with it and then all of a sudden it'll be 50 percent 51 52 48, yeah, 47, yeah. 40, yeah. 38, and suddenly they're it's, done. It's a bit like, could be done with it. Be a bit like Brexit here, where people just sick to death of it and just oh, they're sick get anything to death done. It makes a difference. Get yeah, it done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the danger of that situation now with Brexit, especially, is the danger is they, they may suddenly, instead of fighting, I don't want Brexit, they'll go, oh, just, just, just let's vote yeah, through yeah, whoever, yeah, let's yeah. get it done yeah. with. Yeah? yeah. And it's dangerous. And it worries me. It does worry me that the British people are going to just go, this and worn out. Let's just get it over with. Yeah. You know, they should fight to the the last breath to avoid the damaging consequences of that. I've, I've not, I've not pretended in any way to be non-partisan on it. I think Brexit is the biggest disaster our economy that you could possibly inflict on it. Um, it's madness <clears throat> on every level. And so do many other people. And on that note, I'll say goodbye, Mike. Keep up the great work. Uh, I think we'll call this uh, show, stroke podcast, later on, Will They Grow a Set? I think that's yeah, a suitable Yeah, they name. need to. They, uh, <laughs> I bet you next week we're talking, and I bet they've done nothing. Let's, please prove me wrong, please, you know. Okay. Prove me wrong. Uh, adios. I'll see you next week. Take care, matey. Bye. Bye.